0: Has always stuck with me, and uh, the words, while while very simple, uh, very poignant and very powerful, um, and f- for me individually, uh, carry a lot of weight um, because of the importance that uh, I know resides with me and ev- really every father uh, in being a father and being able to parallel the love of our heavenly Father uh, to the kind of father. I I need to be to my own kids and and try to emulate. So um, it's always carried a lot of weight with me. It's a song that, uh, really all the songs on that CD uh, carry a lot of weight with me, Uh, not just because it was my my dad's uh, CD, but because I listened to it over and over and over all the time. Um, In fact, I remember, (laughs) I just brought back a memory. I remember uh, taking his CDs to school uh, in Faustoria. Uh, in uh, Lowell Elementary, and I remember taking his CDs to school uh, and basically marketing for my dad selling CDs, <laughs> uh, you know, offering them up to, to people. Anyone want to buy my dad's CD? I, you know, I was pretty proud of that. Um, so, amen. That was, that was uh, a good memory. Um, let's, let's open in prayer. Father God, I just come to you right now. I just thank you for the opportunity to stand before you and to stand before my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, and just share your word, share your gospel, Father God. Uh, I just pray that every individual in this room, underneath the sound of my voice, Father God, would receive from you, that they wouldn't hear Josiah Wade, that they wouldn't hear the son of Anthony Wade, but Father God, they would hear you, through you, Holy Spirit, Father God. I just pray that the words that leave my mouth, Father God, before they even become a thought in my head, that they will be ordained by you, Father God, and that every person, that, that that has a seed and plant on the inside of them, Father God, that that seed would remain, and that that seed would grow and flourish, Father God. I just thank you for it in Jesus' name, Amen. I'm gonna uh, get some water here. Uh, I can remember, as uh, my uncle Ron said, uh, my my dad uh, coming up this way on on many occasions and, and sharing, and uh, I think every time he was you know within a. I don't know, half hour, 45-minute drive from Faustoria where we lived. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were always there as a family. Um, and so I remember those times, and I remember sitting, sitting where my kids are sitting now and watching my dad and, and thinking, I wonder what that's like to be up there talking to all those people and, and singing in front of those people. And ah, seems really nerve-wracking. And, um, and at the time, you know, it, it would have been for me, but uh, it's amazing how God will work in your life. Before I go any further... I want to take a minute and just recognize a few folks that are here, and as much as my kids don't want me to do this, I'm going to do this, Um, because I think it's important. It's important to uh, take uh, the opportunity, uh, not just in small situations, but in even bigger ones, which I consider this, uh, and just uh, praise your own kids. Praise your kids. So um, I've got four of my own over here. Uh, The oldest is Cajun. Cajun, will you stand up? Cajun is 16. And then Jace, my son, he's 15. And then uh, Delaney, uh, Delaney is 13. Some refer to her as my mini-me. Um, and then Chaley, the, the baby, she's 11. Uh, those are my four beautiful kids. And um, uh, a blessing, uh, to st- I can't speak of the blessing they are, and, and every parent here uh, knows what that's like. Uh, and then I also want to recognize my mother is here, um, Donna Wade, many of you know her, and then also brought along uh, my girlfriend Tara and her two boys, Miles and Graydon. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell, those are her kids. <laughs> slight resemblance there, um, but. Uh, 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 all my family, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, and it's it's good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to really hustle here because I want to say a lot and I don't have a ton of time. So, um, but uh, it's good to see a lot of the familiar faces uh, out here as well. Um, Helen Haney, uh, my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Matz. Um, my cousin Melissa and her husband Eric, uh, Josh probably doesn't know I remember him, but I do. Josh Allison, the Mets Metsker family, and so and there's probably other people out here that might remember me when I was this tall and I probably don't remember you or recognize you, but uh, it's it's good to be up here. I don't get up this way too often. If I do, it's usually because I'm traveling for work, uh, my full-time job. I just do this kind of on occasion, you know, um, not even that often really, but uh, it's, it's an opportunity that when it's presented to me, I jump on it. Uh, I consider it a distinct honor and privilege to be able to uh, to speak in front of any group of people, but especially uh, in the, in the church, so uh, I, I really enjoy it but as I was saying i don 't get up this way too often and when I do it 's usually for work purposes I'm a, I do video production for the Department of Natural Resources, and I travel throughout the state, so I occasionally get up in this area to do some work and um, so it's uh, it's always when I, whenever I come back up it always find memories as I come into this area of northwest ohio and and see how things have changed um, so but talking about families. Um, Pastor uh, Ron and, and uh, Aunt Mary, uh, they uh, they contacted me and they asked me to talk about fatherhood, and um, and so that's what I'm going to talk about today. It's uh, not really a topic that I'm. Uh, it's not new to me. Obviously, I've got uh, I've had 16 years of practice, uh, and so in in a lifetime of watching uh, an, an excellent example of a father, so um, it's one that I I personally. I really take it to heart uh, because m- me, my my role as a father uh, is one of the most important things I could ever uh, do, without question. Uh, and I recognize the importance of that, uh, and it's and it's uh, it's repeated throughout throughout the Bible as well. So I am uh, I'm going to talk about some effective elements of of fathering. Uh, and i 'll say this now, ladies don 't tune me out just because you 're not a dad and can 't be a dad um, because let 's face it, a lot of moms right now they play the role of father in their homes uh, that 's just the reality of of the world we live in today there 's a lot of dads now um, that are just that they 're just dads they 're not fathers they don 't feel that role they don 't feel that responsibility the way they do and and quite honestly there 's a lot of a lot of fathers or dads. Um, even if they 're in the home with their own children, living in the home with their kids, uh, their kids are still fatherless okay you can be you can be a, a, an at home dad and still be an absentee dad okay i 'll say that again you can be an at home dad but still be an absentee dad all right so being, being a father isn 't just being in, in the house with your kids and living with them there 's a whole lot more to it than that so and i 'm going to hustle through these uh, so that I, I get as much uh, as much as I can out to you. Let's uh let's start in the the book of Genesis. And I'm not I'm not I'm not real scripture heavy. Um <laughs> so I'll, I'll i will, we'll hit a few scriptures here uh and then I'm just going to go uh and run from there. But Genesis chapter 11 Genesis chapter 11 in uh verse 19. Genesis 18 Genesis 18:19 18, says this, "For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, and that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what He has spoken to him this is th- this particular time uh, in the Bible here is during Sodom and Gomorrah, and anyone who knows their Bible knows the uh, the complete chaos and, and just moral moral decay that was occurring at that time but um God had told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He told him that in, in chapter 17, he talks about that. And, and he was you know, bringing, to, bringing that to fruition, but it was through a course of steps. What he was telling, telling Abraham here is that his children and his household needs to be commanded after him. And, he's, and his responsibility is to keep the way of the Lord through two things, righteousness and justice, righteousness and justice, and I haven't gotten to the first element, by the way, so if you're taking notes, <clears throat> these are just little golden nuggets that I'm throwing in. But righteousness and justice, it's important that as fathers, we, we train our kids and teach our kids about righteousness and justice. Righteousness is basically uh, our moral standing under God, our moral standing under God, righteousness. We, we want to maintain righteousness under God, where justice is fairness among men, okay, so there's a, there's a spiritual side of it, righteousness, and then the, the natural side of it, which is the justice. And so it's our responsibility to command our household, to, make, to command our children, and to teach them about that righteousness and that justice. Both key elements. And um, before I go any further, I'll say this. I know uh, when, uh, when my first child came into the world, and I didn't even really think about, much about being a father, honestly, before she was born. But the day Cajun was born, um, that was a traumatic day, by the way, very emotional day. But uh, the day she was born, um, uh, I remember thinking, "Holy cow! I don't, I don't have any formal training." I went to I went to went all through school, uh, college graduate. You know, I got my college degree. Now, nowhere along the way did anyone give me any kind of formal education or training on being a dad. None. You know, there's, no, there's no degree in fatherhood that I'm aware of. Um, and so the only thing I had to go on was what I saw. I had to go off of what I saw of fathers in my life. And thank God I had uh, excellent examples of fathers. <clears throat> but there's no, there's no training. No one, no one sh- shows you... Or teach, your, your father hopefully shows you, but there's no formal training. So you're just kind of taking in what you're taking in as you go through life, and hopefully you're grabbing on to things. Um, but fortunately, I had a whole lot more than that going for me because I had a godly father. And that, that's what made the difference. That's what made the difference in my life. So, <clears throat> but so Abraham is, is told, look, there's, there's, there's a commandment that we have for you, Okay command your children and your household after you to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring Abraham that what he has spoken to him. So he's talking about the, these nations that are going to follow him. There's so much that we don't think about when, when we think about the future and, and those who are impacted by the legacy that we leave once we're gone. Um, And I, as I get older um, and I, I watch my kids growing and I think about them going on and being adults themselves and, and, having their own families, the more I think about what kind of legacy I'm leaving. What am I doing now for my children that's going to affect their children, and then their children, and then their children? And so uh, it, it, the, the responsibility, the realization of the responsibility grows. Uh, but th- the funny thing is, as that responsibility in me grows, the the worry or concern uh, or, or Questions that I may have had as far as my effectiveness as a father actually lessens, um, but that 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 comes with with uh, just being in the Word, knowing God, and uh, knowing that you know as long as I've got God as as my number one source, everything else is, is falling into place. So, but the first the first uh, effective element of of fathering uh, is character, and again this the, this is a short list. I could talk for hours probably on all the different elements, but the first one is character. Character, your personality, your nature, who you are. Uh we've probably all heard the the uh the the statement uh character is who you are when no one's looking. When no one sees what you're doing, no one sees where you're at or how you're interacting with others. You know when no one can really notice that or see that, what's done in the darkness. Okay? That's your character. So your character is what your kids don't see necessarily. They may not necessarily see the true you, depending on the kind of person you are. So your character is your personality, your nature, your disposition, your temperament, your mentality, the makeup of you. So your character has to be a character of integrity. If you don't have a character of integrity, eventually, if, the, if your kids don't see it, eventually you'll start slipping and they'll start picking up on those things. And they'll see things. They'll see cracks and they'll, they'll notice those things, and then they'll question. They may not say anything to you, but they'll certainly question in their own mind, okay, I see this, but I'm not sure about this, okay? Your character. One thing I remember my dad always telling me, and um, growing up in Faustoria, a small town, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody knew my dad because he was, uh, well, he was a popular athlete in high school and then pastor, so he was, he was known as a, a great athlete, and he pastored churches, and um, so he was well-known. And so because of that, uh, people knew who me and my siblings were. I have uh, three siblings, and um, so, and I don't, there weren't too many Wades in Faustoria. So if you said Wade, they, they usually knew who you were talking about. But one thing I always remember him telling me was, remember, you are Wade. And he would just say that, and he, just, he would leave it at that. And so, that, so then you know, that allowed me to think, okay, what, what's, what's Dad saying here? What's he, what's he mean by you're a you're Wade? Uh, and it, 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 didn't have, it didn't take long for me to put two and two together and just understand that, look, he, when you leave this house, you're representing your entire family. You're representing Wade. Not only are you representing the Wades, but you're representing what the Wades stand for, who the Wades are. Uh, you're, in, in my case, you know, because we were a Christian family, we were a godly family, we were representing God. So if, 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 if the unsaved see me out there, and I'm supposed to be a, a, you know, a Christian person or a godly person or someone who, who you know, main, is trying to maintain a Christian witness, and they see me cutting up and acting up, and Lord knows a lot of people saw that back <laughs> when I was younger, but um, then, then that sends the wrong message. And my dad said, remember, you're a Wade, you're a Wade. And so um, that's something that has always, always stuck with me. So my character, the character, who I am, who, who I want to be, who I want to represent, how I want to represent myself and my family is important to me. And I say the same thing to my kids now. They'll probably over there say, eh, we've heard this before, Dad. Remember who you're representing, you know, you're a Wade. Um, but it's the truth. Um, and, and, and so uh, we need to make sure that we're representing ourselves and our name properly so that our children see that and that they follow in those footsteps. We have to lead ourselves first. Dads, we've got to lead ourselves if you're not leading yourself, you can't lead your family. You can't lead, lead a wife. You can't lead, lead kids if you can't lead yourself first. So be a leader of yourself. <clears throat> the second, the second element is uh, commitment. Be committed to being a father. There is um, one of my biggest pet feet pet peeves. One thing I just and I don't know where it comes from. If I don't know if it was drilled into me when I was younger or or if it's just in me genetically, my, you know, probably from my dad, because everyone says I'm like him, but um, I do not like quitting. I, uh, I don't use the word hate very often, but that is something I hate. I hate when, when the thought of quitting ever comes up in anything. Um, now, obviously, there are some things that uh, certainly uh, don't carry quite the significance when you Quit it or or whatever, but I just to me if if I tell you I want to do something or I'm going to do something, I am in it till the end, and I, I'm fairly certain that's from my dad. I, right, mom? She's over there nodding, so I guess so. But I I do not like quitting. Um, that's just one thing that man. If uh, if I'm going to get righteously indignant about anything, that that might be the number one thing. But Um, You know, being a good father, there's no room for quit. You've got to be completely committed, totally committed to fathering your children. There's no halfway, not effectively. And so uh, commitment is key. You've got to be committed. You have to keep your word um, to your kids. That's part of the commitment they see out of you, even when it means being committed uh, to following through on discipline, uh, things of that nature. Um, my kids will tell you, I I, I I got disciplined a lot when I was little. I'll say that. And so discipline is <laughs> very important to me. And I blame my dad because, again, he's, everyone says I, I'm, I'm like him. And I distinctly remember him telling me years ago when I was born, he held me, and he looked at me, and he said, you're going to be just like me. So I feel justified in, in blaming him. But, uh, you know, discipline, keeping keeping, um, keeping your word when you say, look, son, look, daughter, this is the consequence for this. This is the consequence for that action. This is the way it's going to be. And then following through with that and uh, actually doing it, as hard as it may be. I don't know too many dads that, I don't know any dads for that matter, that enjoy disciplining their kids. It, no one wants to do that. Um, but it is what it is, and it's part of being a father. Just like God the Father, sometimes there's discipline and consequences for us as his children. It's, it's no different in the natural. Um, and I, I can attest to it. I fair, feel fa- fairly confident saying that uh, out of the f- us four kids in my family, I was disciplined way more than the other three combined. Um, and I can remember on many occasions hearing, I, I heard it from both my mother and my father, them telling me, Josiah, one day you're going to have one just like you. I heard that often. Um they're wrong though, because I got two. So <laughs> um but <clears throat> so anyway, um double blessing, amen. Uh the next element, uh connection. Connecting with kids. Man, connecting with kids today, especially, my goodness, I, I often think about all the things, um, all the things, man really they're things. Uh, that are battling for your child's attention. Technology is just, you know, I, I, I sound like an old fuddy duddy, you know, because, you know, when I was a kid, I hear, you know, all the older folks say this and that, but, you know, it, it, with, with age comes wisdom, they say. But uh, there's so much now that is, is grabbing at our kids. So much, and, and and grandfathers. This is this goes for you, you know, with grandkids, you know, because you play a role in, in this as well as, as fathers, uh, as a grandfather. So you know, if you feel like you didn't do an effective job with your with your children, um, then guess what? You, if you've got grandkids, look, you, you you can get even better. You can then improve on that. But there's so much that's trying to grab our kids and pull them away, and so connecting with our kids uh, is is vitally important. Um, and one of the one of the Biggest things that I think we struggle in, in terms of connecting with kids is connecting with relation to respect. Um, you know, we, we all hear about how this, the generations today, these younger generations, don't, they lack respect for, for, uh, for adults and for parents and for authority. Um, you know, we, we see the things we see on the news and on TV and the things kids are doing nowadays, and we say, that's just a lack of respect. Well, where does that start? It starts at home. You know they don't have respect at home. They're not going to have respect when they leave the house. So we have to instill that respect uh, early. Ephesians six two says, "Honor your father and mother." Honor that that includes respect. That includes respect. Okay. Uh, let's turn to Ephesians six. Ephesians six. Are you speeding that clock up? Because I'm almost out of time, and I, I'm I nowhere near being done. <laughs> Ephesians six. Ephesians 6, the fourth verse, and we've all, we've all read this probably. It says, And you fathers, do not provoke your, ch- your children to wrath. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Training and admonition of the Lord. Honesty is one of the best, best things that I can think of uh, that we need to do when I read this verse. We need to train, train our children. Um, Honesty is key, and sometimes honesty, um, sometimes the best way to be honest is to be transparent, transparent with them. I, I, th- I find in, in, in my case as a father that sometimes being transparent, revealing something about me or something that I experienced, uh, that quite frankly might might be embarrassing to me. It might, might shed me in not the best light um, to my kids, but I believe through that there's a respect and an appreciation that my kids have because I'm able to do that. And I'm, I don't always do that. There's times I'm like oh, I could tell them about that. Oh, I don't want to tell them about that, you know. But it's, it's key to do that. There's there's a story, and <clears throat> I can see Delaney probably rolling her eyes in her head right now that I tell <laughs> I tell often <laughs> uh, <clears throat> about my. I played basketball in in in, uh, in middle school, uh, in particular. I remember one season we weren't having a good year. It's my eighth grade year and um, we got the tournament time. I think we had won like two or three games all year long. So I had grown accustomed to just losing basketball games. Uh, and it was very frustrating for me. And, and I was supposed to be one of the leaders on the team. And, uh, you know, I, I was a starter and um, I was supposed to be a leader and I was a wade. And so <laughs> all the all the fun that comes with that. But uh, at halftime of our fir- first tournament game, we were up in Toledo and we were just getting, you know, whooped. You know, the game wasn't even close. And I think a, Coach, um, Coach Tucker, George Tucker, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he looked at us in the locker room and he said, you know, he asked, he goes, aren't you guys embarrassed to be getting beat this bad? And, and, and I've, I'd venture to say we probably were out there and the, the game had probably gotten out of our hands and we probably just kind of were in quit mode, no, give up, we we go again, going to lose another ball game. And I'm sure that he recognized that we just kind of quit on ourselves. And, and, and quite frankly, I had, you know. I just, you know, eighth grade. I' tired of losing. This is just, oh, I hate this. And so uh, <clears throat> he says, "Aren't you guys embarrassed to be losing this bad?" And I, and I, and I, I looked up at him when I said, "No. Yeah, not thing to say." <laughs> uh, by the way, Coach George Tucker. He he's, he's probably about my height. Um, big guy, big black guy, and uh, just. He, he coached football and, and basketball, and he wasn't one that you, if <laughs> you said something he didn't like, you, you knew it right away. Well, he didn't like that. Uh, needless to say, uh, I did not play the second half. Uh, he told me in front of my entire team, he said, Mr. Wade, you can take that jersey and shorts off, you can leave it in the locker room, and you can sit here for a second half. I was done. My season ended right there. Okay, so um, I tell that to my kids because you know I want them to understand that their attitude, their perspective on situations, their perspective when they face a trial or a hard situation, makes a difference in in how that goes, uh, and it makes a difference in the how they're perceived by uh, the, the their coaches or the the adults or teachers in their lives. so I probably use that example more often in, in athletics than anything they all They all four play sports and do great at it. Um, but that's, that's just always been something key is that um, they realize that, look, I can, I can give you the story about me where I messed up. Uh, and I can't tell you the number of times I've had to uh, um, really, really swallow my pride and apologize to my kids and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. It's funny, I was going through some old papers in my office, cleaning the office up, and uh, came across a note. And I don't know which one of the kids wrote it. I think I think I know, but the um, little note that one of the kids had left me, it said, <clears throat> it's going to get me choked up now. <laughs> I said, Dad, I forgive you. And that meant the world to me because it, it told me that my child, even though they knew I messed up, even though they knew I made a mistake, Dad, I forgive you. And it's not just like God the Father. You know, we go to him and say, God, I messed up. I sinned. I went wrong here. Forgive me. And he says, I forgive you. We've got that forgiveness. That, there's no greater, no greater feeling, no greater love than the love of a father um, that you know forgives me, and I got to reciprocate it. I got the love of my child, um, and I imagine that's kind of how he feels when, when, um, when we go to him and say, "God, I messed up. Please forgive me." All right, I'm going to hustle through these last couple here. <clears throat> Next, compassion. We have to have compassion. This is probably one area that I struggle with the most is being compassionate. <laughs> and I, my, my mom even still tells me sometimes today, Josiah, be compassionate. <laughs> She's the most compassionate person on the earth. Uh, so um, she has plenty of room to speak, but uh, being compassionate is key. Um, I have a lot of passion for a lot of things. I, I've i coached sports, uh, gosh, 18, 17 years, something like that, coached coached athletics. Um, and all, um, usually middle school age and younger. Uh, so younger, younger kids. And I've always had a passion for kids. I've always loved working with kids and being around kids. And um, so it's just something that uh, that something God God put on the inside of me. But I've always had that passion for coaching. Um, and I've had to learn, and really, coaching has helped develop my ability to be compassionate towards others. You see a lot of things when you coach um, a, a youth league. You see a lot of things. Um, Every day at practice when a kid comes and you notice that what they're wearing, you know, you, you know that, okay, they, they, they don't have the best home life. Um, and so you learn to be compassionate towards other people's situations and, and what they're dealing with. And so I've had to learn to be a lot more compassionate with regard to the fact that uh, my kids aren't exactly like me. And I think, well, why, why are you bothered by this? This isn't a big deal. Well, if it's a big deal to them, then it's a big deal, and it should be a big deal to me. I need to be compassionate uh, and, and have some empathy for, for my kids. Uh, but an effective father has to be compassionate. Uh, we have to create a safe place for our kids to come to us and say, hey, Dad, you know, there's this thing going on. No, there's there's this thing happening. Uh, I got a text from my oldest earlier this week, and uh, just some things that were bothering her. And, and, and I, said, I told her, I said, that's it's okay. It's normal to to be feeling that way. It's all right. Um, it's going to, it's going to be okay. And things are going to get better. And I had to be compassionate towards that and let her know that, you know, even though, you know, it's been a long time since the, you know, what, what, what occurred that's continued to affect you, even though it's been a long time, I didn't tell her, oh, you should be over this by now. Shouldn't be bothering you anymore. No, I had to tell her, look, this, you know, show compassion, show, show empathy. Um, Psalm 103.13, you don't have to turn there, but it says this, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So let's be compassionate, tender fathers. Uh, communication. I'm going to really hustle now. Communication. We have to communicate. We have to talk to our kids. It's easy to, uh, one pastor uh, I listened to said, said this. He said, fathers fatherhood often is outsourced. We outsource our fatherhood. We outsource it to schools, coaches, video games, the television screen. It's easy to say, oh, the kids are occupied with their video games or their phone or their sports uh, and we don't communicate with them. And um, that can't be a, a, a greater mistake when you don't communicate to your kids. That says so many things to a child when you don't communicate to them. They're they're, they don't feel important. If you don't talk to them, do you think they're going to feel important as an individual? If you don't have enough care for them to even talk to them? What's that say to a child? That says a lot. And so communication. Communication is a must. And we have to learn to not just talk to them, but listen to them. That's part of communication. Communication isn't just talking, okay? In case you're wondering. Communication is a back and forth. We got to listen Quite frankly, listen better than we communicate. So maybe, let's change that. Instead of communication, just, just listen. Okay? Hopefully, if you're listening, you're talking back as well, but listen. Listen to your kids. <clears throat> Next, consistency. We have to be consistent in it. It, it gets tiring being, uh, <laughs> it can get tiring being just about anything. Um, but being a father can get tiring. Saying the same thing over and over. And over, and over, and they keep doing it. And you say it again and again. Anyone? Did anyone else deal with that? <laughs> I mean, praise God! I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, sometimes I lack consistency. I get, t- I get tired of saying the same thing over and over. Have I ever told you guys I get tired of saying the same thing to you? Have I ever said that before? A few times. Yeah. But uh, consistency is key. We have to be committed. If we, if, 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 if we're committed. Then we'll be consistent. Okay, but well we got to maintain our consistency. There's no such thing as an effective part-time father. There's no such thing as it. If you're part-time, you might as well not be doing it at all because you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not providing to those children or that child what they deserve and what God has ordained us to be. Dads, we have uh, it's it's a calling. Okay, fatherhood is a calling. If you don't do anything but work a job and and, and father your kids, be a father be a father, okay? Your child's going to remember a whole lot more about how you were and who you were as a father to them than a pair of shoes or a video game or a TV or a car or a bike that you got them, because those things all go away. Those all all leave, but being a father, those are things that stay with them forever. I was, uh, Jason and I, uh, for his birthday last night, we went out and we had dinner and we went to see a movie, went and saw Black Panther. And I'm not, a, I'm not a big Marvel guy, I don't get into the Marvel comic stuff, but he likes it and I had heard it was a pretty good movie. So we went solid, but there was one part in the movie <clears throat> where uh, the young man who is, uh, he's become king of his, of his nation, of his country. And uh, he goes to his dad, his father, and he tells his dad, he says, dad, I'm not ready to do this. I'm not ready for this. And his dad thought he was talking about he wasn't ready for him to be a king, but he, he was telling him, Dad, I'm not ready for you to be gone. I'm not ready for you to be dead. And his dad told him this. He said, if I haven't prepared you for my death, I haven't prepared you for anything. What he was saying is, look, when I'm gone, I'm not here for you to rely on. Okay, all, all you can rely on is what I gave you while I was here. Once I'm gone, that's it. You can't go, hey, Dad. Uh, no, you can't call Dad can pick up the phone and call dad and say, hey, I don't know how many times I see posts on Facebook <clears throat> or, or other social media where someone who has lost a parent says, I wish I could just pick up my phone and call mom or call dad again. So prepare your children for your, for when you're gone. Make sure they're ready. I'll, I'll end with this. Um, <clears throat> there are certain dates in uh, in your life that are kind of etched in your mind, things that you know you will you will always remember. And um, there's one, of course, you know, the birth of my children, of course, but um, there's one in particular that really uh, sticks with me. I probably will forever, but uh, January 20th, 2017. I still get emotional talking about it, but... Um, the night before, I was, uh, we're at home, and um, I think Delaney said, Dad, I need money for yearbook. Is that what it was, your yearbook? Yeah. I said, okay, when's the money due for your yearbook? Tomorrow. <laughs> anybody, anybody ever been there before? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you need money for the yearbook. And then I think Jace over overhears he goes, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, they were both in middle school last year. And so... Um, they needed, they needed money for their yearbook, so I thought, okay, well, um, I will just uh, drive up to the school. I think I needed to pull cash or something. I don't know what it was, but um, I just thought, I'll go into work late, and I'll drive up to the school, and I'll take the money and drop it off, and then I'll <clears throat> drive on to work. And I, I live an hour from where I work, so um, getting leaving late... Um, it's not something I like to do. Usually I leave pretty early in the morning, long before school's even open, so I can get in and, and miss traffic and that kind of thing. So it was like, oh, it's kind of noise. Like, okay, now I got to go into work late because the school isn't going to be open until 7.30, and that means I don't get to work till 8.30, and usually I get there between 6.30 and 7. So anyway, make a long story short, I said, all right, I'll, I'll bring the money up to the school in the morning uh, and drop it off for you guys. Uh, and so I'm driving uh, to school. My kids attend uh, West Liberty Salem School in uh, Champaign County, and I'm driving on the way to school. And I'm about halfway there and my phone rings. Look down at it and it's my oldest, Cadron. Like, that's weird. She's in class right now. Why is she calling me on her cell phone? So I answer it and uh, all I hear is hysteric crying. So that, that'll, you know, that'll put uh, a little bit of a a shudder in you just knowing that, uh, that first sound. And so, uh, hear those words. That never, no parent wants to hear their child say when they're at school, "She said, Dad, there's an active shooter in the school." And uh, it's funny now because I'll get emotional about it now, but at the time, uh, I was cool as a cucumber. That that was God, though. But um, so I was. I was thinking, okay, I got to keep her her level-headed so that she can listen to instruction at the school, do what she needs to do to keep herself safe. And, uh I was already on my way to the school, and I, I said, I'm on my way there. I'll be there in, in four minutes, knowing good and well I wasn't going to get into that building, nor would I even try, because um, <clears throat> I wasn't going to get in the way of, of uh, the, the personnel that needed to be there. But um, I talked to her for just a few minutes, but I wanted to get off the phone with her. I said, you need to be aware of your surroundings and... You need to listen to instruction so that you can be safe. So you do what they tell you to do. So you, and 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 so as I hang up with her and I'm driving those last few minutes there, all the thoughts and things going through my mind. They they go to a K through 12 school building. So all my kids are in this building with an active shooter, and I don't know what's going on. All I know is she said there's there's a shooting, and um, I believe she told me they were they were running out of the building. Uh, so. Uh, by far the most uh, traumatic experience I've ever had as a father. Um, I, I get to the school and there's only one police officer there. Like as the, the the shooting literally occurred as I was driving there, so I was ahead of any police or EMS or anyone I was going. But I get there knowing I wasn't going to get in, but <clears throat> hoping that I would see one of my kids or or uh, you know be able to get them and have them and keep them safe which is what you always want to do as a father, but, uh, I got there, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and, uh, watched more and more police come, police cars come flying in, and, and eventually an e- EMS come in, and then I'll remove someone from the building, but, um, I got another phone call a little later from my son, who, who, uh, borrowed a friend's phone to call me, um, and, uh, I knew he was okay, um, but I didn't know about my younger two. Didn't know where they were or if they were safe. Um, but I say that to say this, and uh, the they were all fine. Um, you, you probably heard about that shooting, but uh, one young man was shot at pretty much point blank range with a gunshot, two shots. Uh, and he's alive and well today. Um, and uh, without question, it was because of his and his family's faith in God. And Um, If you ever want to know about all that, that's a tremendous story. Um, Get on Facebook and just look up West Liberty Salem shooting the the young man who talks about his his faith in God uh, and the things he said to the shooter to get him to stop and not shoot anyone else. Just amazing. But um, that young man, in my opinion, his obedience to God saved a lot of kids, potentially my my kids. Cadron was, uh, she was in the classroom right next to where the shooting occurred. Um, But I said that to say this, without my faith in God, without my trust in God, without my my faith knowing that God's going to take care of my kids, they're covered by the blood, um, I would have been a mess. I would have drowned in my tears and drove off the road without that. Um, But because God, because God, so that's, that's number one, God have your foundation in Christ. Let him lead you. Don't be too prideful. Don't be too prideful to allow God to lead you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to share your word to all the folks here, Father God, but especially to fathers. Father God, I just pray right now that every father in this room, Father God, that you would just just give them a renewed sense of fatherhood. Give them a, re, a renewed sense of their responsibility of your commandment to us as fathers, that it's a calling, that it's part of our destiny, and that our responsibility to that is so great. It's so great. Father God, I just pray that uh, with this renewed sense of responsibility and understanding of what it is to be a father, that these, these men in this room, Father God, that their families would be strengthened, that their bond with their children would be strengthened, that, their, that their, their, their marital situation as a result, Father God, would be strengthened. But more than anything, Father God, that their, their relationship and their walk with you would grow and be strengthened. In Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father God. I just pray that as we all depart here this day, that, Father God, you keep us safe until we come back again. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you, Josiah. Um, sometimes people ask about getting a copy. I just want you to know that you can go to newhopewayne.church, and it'll be on our website, or it'll be on that site soon. <laughs> so newhopewayne.church, and you can listen to it, or if you want to share it with somebody. Um, thank you. Um, next week, Next week, we're going to be talking about mothers, and we'll have a special guest with us next week. It's a secret surprise. So next week okay uh let's all stand heavenly father we just thank you for your word we thank you for josiah and for bringing the word to us this morning lord we we just pray that you just help us to just see the responsibility we have whether we're fathers or mothers or children or grandparents or whatever we are lord we just pray you'd help us to see our responsibility to be faithful to you Lord, we just thank you for your presence with us. Dismiss us now with your blessing. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.